Are you listening? Damn. I've heard of craft beer. You heard of that here. Uh-huh. A word is that clear. We prefer a glass near. Yeah. Local is best, so the rest barely spoke. Uh-huh. From farm to the brewery till it's pouring down your throat. Yeah. From Jasper to Lloyd, Fort Mac to the hat. Uh-huh. You are now at Alberta Craft Beer Guidecast. Yeah. Welcome to the Alberta Craft Beer Guidecast, a.k.a. the ACBGC. My name is Andrew, and I am one of the people behind the Alberta Craft Beer Guide. And our goal is to grow the craft beer community by educating the interested and entertaining the entrenched. And our guest today is Chris from Craft Beer Imports. He's a pillar among the craft beer scene in Alberta. He represents over 45 breweries in his portfolio. Uh, He has a new podcast called 30 Years of Dough, which should be uh, on the horizon or, or is available. Available on the Screaming Darshan oh, Studios website, you son of a bitch! Exactly. And he's it's one of the so people... so available. <laughs> so it's, yes. It's very available. I'm interested. It's like, it's like Tinder. You just swipe and just it, swipe it shows and it's up. There. It's there. So look for that if you're a, a Simpsons, self-proclaimed Simpsons nerd like all of us in this room. And uh, he's one of the people behind the Craft Beer Advent Calendar, which is no small task. We'll get into that in a bit, but... You know me, I always dive into things. You've heard the show, the format. So I always dive into what makes the brand unique, but I want to have a preemptive because you represent beers so far that are not Alberta breweries. So we'll get into that. But, you know, for the listeners, like, why would we have someone on the show who isn't currently representing Alberta breweries? And to quote an article from Jason Foster, um, it's actually published on the Sherbrooke website. I don't know if you've read it or not, but it's called uh, When a Beer Market Matures. And one of the four components is adding, obviously, more breweries. But the second component is so relevant, it's having a good supply of import beer. Because when you taste examples from world-class beers, it sets expectations. And, uh, and that pushes everyone to get better. Um, so with that in mind, you represent craft beer imports. What makes your brand unique? And tell us a little bit about it, because I think people outside of the craft beer rep circle have no idea exactly what that brand is. Well, that's sort of one of the joys of the import side of the agency is um, for those of us in the circle on the import side, no one no one gets to interact interact with us directly. We represent a variety of different breweries and different brands in market, uh, but nobody really cares who we are. Yeah. So, um, whereas with Alberta breweries, uh, their sales team and their sales force and their marketing group. Uh, is out there and, and interacting with the public directly. And so f- we're more in the liaison side of the business. So, um, and, and what that does is, I mean, it allows us to do a number of different things. Yeah, the, the brand of the, as far as the import business, like you're bringing in breweries, you've got Canadian breweries. Yeah, we have, uh, so there's seven or eight, eight breweries from Canada, uh, about... 15 to 20 from the U.S., and then about 15 to 20 from all over the world. The rest of the world, yeah. So yeah. talk about some of those Canadian ones. You've got Lighthouse, which is pretty prominent. Yeah, Lighthouse Brewing Victoria. out of Victoria. Yeah. Uh, Bridge Brewing out of North Vancouver. Nickel Brook Brewing out of uh, Ontario. Collingwood, Ontario. Um, so, yeah, so some so, some big names, I guess, in the in the Canadian craft brewing circles. Yeah. Um. And that's that's kind of one of the joys about the Alberta market is uh, the fact that I mean you really can get your hands on beer from just about anywhere. Yeah, and and for those who don't know, I'm sure some do, but 
we have open border, right? If you're willing to pay the price if to you list pay the beer, seventy five dollars, you can have a SKU registered at the Alberta Gaming and Liquor Commission. Who are friends at the AGLC, um, which make lots of cool things possible and make some challenges for new breweries because <laughs> I hear it from all the sooneries and rumories all the time. What? But there's there's rules to be uh, to be followed and some to be bent and broken as the laws change. But um, yeah, I mean, like it makes places like Sherbrooke impossible in other markets like we have what over is it over four thousand different beer products on the market um or do you even know what I, that number I, is it well it's really tough to get that sense of a number because a you've got um not only what's available at liquor connect but uh what's available through breweries um just as yeah, direct yeah. store delivery so um there's products registered with the aglc that will never ever show up at connect because yep. they're d- delivered from brewery to market directly. So. Yeah. And if we want to touch on some of your more prominent B- uh, BC, <laughs> your more prominent U.S. breweries. Um, because, again, I think it's great that in order to develop a great, thriving Alberta beer scene, you need to have examples from the world, you know, to set the bar or, or introduce people to styles that, you know, local people might say, hey, I'd like to make one of those, right? Or you can have your own interpretation, so... Well, that's absolutely what what the portfolio has turned into is trying to bring in in beer that's still relevant in market that now has good IPAs, good brown ales, good uh, good classic styles being produced locally. Um, is to try and bring in what's being where the envelope is being pushed. Yeah. Um, and bringing stuff in from guys like Anderson Valley who are doing doing things with gozas that breweries here can can only really dream of at the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then uh, you've got um, Sagatuck Brewing out of Michigan. Uh, which they're the, the flavored stout kings. Um, yeah, there, was it Neapolitan there? <laughs> yeah. Chocolate vanilla. Uh, so oh, my God. It's so they're, <laughs> the, the science and sorcery behind some of the flavors that they're able to infuse and instill uh, with a variety of natural products as well as some extracts um, yeah. is pretty amazing so. yeah and, and you're also representing all it's all independent breweries too right uh yeah so um we we bring in uh f- all 45 breweries in the portfolio 45 plus breweries in the portfolio are uh independently owned with the exception exception of uh Hofbrau House in germany has um some larger corporate ownership and some state ownership still from the way Wow. Um, breweries work in Germany, and there, there's hmm. there's actually leftover uh, um, state-run brewing organisms from uh, hundreds medieval of medieval days. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so some some king or some prince held uh, a share in the brewery um, because it was his birthright, essentially. So yeah, wow. Like, I, and that's cool because there's, like I said, you know, there's certain things European, true to style, or certain styles that have been mastered for like you said hundreds of years that you can still get in alberta which is really cool like, well and that's just it yeah we want to bring a classic hefeweizen in from germany we want to bring in some some bigger malt uh malt forward creatures from uh <laughs> O in norway um which is one of the one of the coolest little breweries in the world and yep. that um they uh the the water that they use locally um has just a hint of a smokiness kind of on its own. That's just the the, the way the the watershed works and wow. um, imparts some some really cool flavors into beer. So. And for those who don't, how do you pronounce Nugnir? Nugnir. It's like N O 
N G no N O with a the slash through it. I actually should really know what that character is. Is it a backslash or a forward well, it's it's a slash. Yeah. <laughs> you won't confuse it with and another. It, it makes an uh sound. One and Nugni uh translates to naked island. Ooh. And it's from an Ibsen poem. And um the the poetic ramifications of with I'm not as familiar. But. Sure. Good to know. Do some Googling fans. Um <laughs> So let's talk about the craft beer advent calendar because that's a beast in and of itself, but it's also, it's really unique and it's really cool because you guys do them across Canada, right? One, it, this, it ironically pops up at a, at a time of year where all of that beer is slowly starting to wend its way to our market already. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're actually going to begin assembly kind of in the middle of September here to get product out into market because uh, we do... Uh, the, so the craft beer advent calendar does hit store shelves around Thanksgiving weekend to, to give everyone enough time to sell it um, and to, to pump up that that pre-Christmas scene. Cause, mm. uh, and a lot of people think, oh, Christmas, that's that's really early. But it's it's actually like our, our end date. We want people drinking and following along yeah. December 1, not December 24. Absolutely. So, yeah. Um, how many years have you been doing it, and how did it come to be, and so, what's your what's your role? <laughs> so uh, this is year number five for the craft beer advent calendar, um, and so the theme this year is actually going to be the craft all star edition, um, which is a really fancy way of saying we we brought in what we wanted to do to focus on, uh, and didn't want to to be hindered by any kind of rigid guidelines. We wanted to bring in the 24 beers we most wanted to see in the calendar. Because in the year. past you did you did certain countries or you did certain regions. Uh, or yeah, those? we've done a North American themed box. We've done a European themed box. We've done a an intercontinental, which was a, a worldwide themed box. Uh, with as many different countries as we could kind of throw in, um, as well. Um, uh, well, the first one was uh, all European selections, and it was, uh, it was. I guess I'll backtrack a little bit here and say so. It started in 2012. Um, and the 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 box that was brought in in 2012, I believe we had less than a thousand cases. Like it was put together uh, very last minute. It was in. A handful of stores in Alberta, mm-hmm. um, very very small, just to kind of get the idea, get the box built, yeah. see what it looks like, see sure. what the the depth of the project would actually entail, yeah. and and make sure you're you're not stuck with anything that um, that doesn't immediate, immediately sell out. And yeah, they were sold out the first year, I believe. They were sold out at Connect in 48 hours, and at at the handful of uh, liquor stores in the province within the week. Wow. Um, so. Uh, and it's kind of ballooned since then. Um, <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> we had 2013 and 2014 editions. Um, we got as high as building 15,000 units. Um, so, uh, and, and now we're building a little bit less units. Uh, we've had the economic downturn sure. kind of after 2014. Uh, we're also trying to take this... Uh, kind of away from the Alberta market. The Alberta market is where it was born, but now we're selling calendars in Newfoundland. We're selling calendars in... Um, in Ontario, right? In- uh, we're always hopeful to be in Ontario <laughs> in whatever way we can be. Um, so last year we were available on the LCBO e-commerce store as well as 
uh, special order programs through the LCBO. Mm. And we will still be able to do stuff through special orders, um, but we're currently investigating the, the potential of having it in beer stores in Ontario this year. Which is, that's the biggest market in Canada is the LCBO, right? Yes. And also the most impregnable fortress. Um, yes. So, <laughs> a, a podcast at which we could probably birth another podcast Just, just on its of. own. Um, Chris <laughs> shouting at the wall of the LCBO. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so let's, uh, you know, I'm jumping all over the place. I'll keep you on your toes because I'm going to come back to something. All right. Um, but I want to get onto your story a little bit because. Who you am know, I? Yeah. Who are you? Who, who, wait, what's this guy's name? No. So Chris, like what was your segue into beer? Like where you, you were like, wow, this is like, I like beer and this is good beer not just all right well um, my beer narrative kind of essentially started in 2010 and i was working for a grocery company in mississauga ontario i was actually working for uh, loblaw companies uh, and i was on as part of a two-year internship i spent uh five months at the corporate office in mississauga Mm -hmm. and uh, that was my first exposure to the beer selection of the LCBO, which in 2009, that amount of beer was not readily available in the Alberta market. I mean, we had a few importers that, that had already started, but it was very, very limited in terms of selection. Um, in Alberta, there would have been, well, in 2009, there would have been Maybe a handful of breweries. We're talking Alley Cat, Big Rock, Brewsters, um, and I'd have to stretch to include anyone else in that circle. Oh, and Wild Rose, sorry. Yes. Um, <laughs> and um, and the amount of we talked about beer skews available in the market earlier. Um, Four thousand is a, a rough estimate of what's available. I want to say there's pr- was probably less than a thousand beer skews. Yep. Uh, in two thousand and nine, <clears throat> Alberta, and so I got exposed to the the singles wall at an LCBO store in Mississauga, and there were I had just I had opened a rate beer account as a university graduate, and I'd put the hundred or so domestic variants and a few local beers that I had tried into the fray. And I got out there and I was like, there's 250 beers in this store that I've never had before. <laughs> and, Challenge accepted. And so, so, yeah, I mean, when you're when you're out in a city where you don't really know anyone, uh, and your, your first interaction is, A, where's beer? And then B, finding a couple of people that are interested in doing the same thing. And yeah, so we would, we would make a trip on Friday after work to the LCBO, buy a flat of singles that we had all never tried before and take them home over the weekend and barbecue and frisbee and do whatever we did on Friday, Saturday, Sunday and, yeah. and tear through a flat of, of kind of random beer. So, yeah. Um, and that's what got me into the um, import beers, uh, the craft beer scene in general. Um, the, outside of maybe Unibrew and a handful of local craft beers, I had never really seen micro brewed beer on any scale at that point yeah um and then i came back to uh, edmonton i ended up working for superstore for a little while and then i worked for liquor depot as a liquor store manager and that sort of cemented my my edge into the beer scene yeah um so getting to interact with beer kind of on the 
on the pavement where you've got customers that are actually starting to ask those questions. Mm -hmm. And again, this was 2011 and 2012 when I started with Depot. So uh, there was a a bubble or a a burgeoning craft beer scene here in Alberta, but uh, a light simmer. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing quite like (laughs) it was today. Um, There were, uh, I guess Yellowhead was 2011, I believe. Uh, yeah, and that's probably one brewery I actually didn't have a ton of interaction with because they were draft only, and I was on the oh, retail yeah. side for sure. so long. Yeah, of course. So, yep. Package product, yeah. Um, and that, you know, to, to go back to the rate beer thing, because you planted, you've been doing this for a while. I've, I've invested more hours into rate beer than I'm proud of at this point. So <laughs> makes me sad, but then it also makes me proud and then it makes me sad. No. Well, I think I checked. I'm I'm in the top 5 for Alberta Raiders now. Um I think I'm, well, I'm just shy of 3000 ratings on Rate So Beer. if people want to find you on Rate Beer, is this something you like I, to share? I'm Bulldog Ops on Rate Beer. Yes. Um if you read any of the re- reviews that I posted pre-2010, I apologize in advance. <laughs> <laughs> I was young and naive. You know what this tastes like? <laughs> Censored. <laughs> uh, and then, like, how many, how many reviews? I know you've, like, you haven't checked in everything because there's, like, a backlog of some stuff you haven't put in. But how many posted reviews? Do you know how many you're at? Um, so, posted reviews on Rapier, I'm at... Uh, between 2600 and 2700 yes and i have i want to say i have i've almost a full year of tasting notes in a, in a backlog somewhere oh dear so i'm gonna say that's another 400 oh no it's gonna be more than that there's some festivals Thou- in there oh god so <laughs> i, I want to say it's close to a thousand wow yeah wow because well yeah there's a great canadian beer fest i was at in september last mm. year uh, I was at a couple. I've been at a few bottle shares this past year that have been in the numbers of a hundred bottles shared. Wow. So <laughs> recently, you were doing one with the other rate beer people, weren't you? Is that something you can? Uh, yeah. Well, and it's like I, a secret I, I, society I don't, that <laughs> I don't. I haven't been initiated into any secret society. So if I'm breaking any rules and you need to flagellate me later, like I, I guess. Well, then the people <laughs> never hear this podcast anyway. We'll yeah. all get murdered. But yeah, uh, there was a, kind of a rape beer uh, Alberta gathering here uh, a couple weeks ago, and um, yeah, we had the good fortune of having a blind man cask. Uh, as well as as some really unique bottles um, from all over the place, uh, a beer tick from the Cook Islands, which I, I I would guarantee I would have never picked up a beer from the Cook Islands. Sure, yeah, uh, on my own. So, well, fun fact: I'll be there in the fall, so maybe I'll have to bring oh. back something. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, apparently they have two breweries. One of them is great, and one of them is not as great. <laughs> I had <laughs> I had a, a classic green bottle fizzy yellow from the cook islands if that gives you any hint fair so. enough fair enough <laughs> fair enough um <laughs> that's awesome so so the reason why i brought this up too is that you know i know a number of people who have got into beer because they use and follow these kinds of ratings online to help develop their own vocabulary and and, and give insights into the palate because some people just they want to learn a ton and I, I find it's great when there's tasting notes on certain beers and you read through them, you go, okay, I do get this. I do get that. That one seems a little weird or uh, I get this instead of that. You know, everything is, um, you know, it's, a, it's opinion and experience, but you're doing a good service too. <laughs> well, and, and that's kind of, I guess, what I would 
advise uh, anyone who's who's looking to get into beer or looking to, to kind of develop their beer palette and they're looking for information, um, I would certainly try and interact with as many people locally in a community kind of ar- array if you can. Um, if you've got local breweries, if you've got people that are into beer locally, I would seek them out before necessarily jumping into an online site. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of old white men set in their ways on the internet. This bourbon <laughs> barrel aged stout is the greatest thing ever, and, and oh, a pilsner can only get fifty <laughs> out of a hundred. And uh, yeah, that's, that's exactly <laughs> it. And I mean. Um, the last thing I would want anyone to do trying to get into beer or trying different styles of beer is to, to forget about why, why we do it. Mm -hmm. And like, my goal isn't to go out like, absolutely. I want to rate as many beers as possible. I want to try as many beers as possible. Yeah. But I don't want that to preclude the fact that I'm drinking a beer because it's the end of a work day and I, I want to enjoy a beer with friends or I want to be like, don't don't lose that place of what beer yes. is really about for you. Totally, because so. then people get like, there's the bitter people too. Like, oh, I had this beer once, and that doesn't compare. And like, no one cares. Like, yeah. shop. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, there's a classic example in Alberta. Here is everyone will compare every local IPA ever ever made to Pliny the Elder, and I mean. Pliny the Elder is a very, very good IPA. I'm mm. not going to dispute that. I'm not going to argue that with a lot of people. But at the same time, just because a beer pales in comparison to Pliny the Elder doesn't make it a bad beer. doesn't yeah. make it a, a, a non-enjoyable well, totally. experience. Well, it doesn't mean it couldn't be your favorite beer. <laughs> yeah. how often, you know, there's also this allure, and this is a whole other, you know, podcast topic if you wanted it to be of, you know, are the whales or these rare beers, are they really that good because they're <laughs> super rare? So if you want to check out that podcast, Matt Slingsby has already done it. Oh, oh, <laughs> he wants to be on. All right. Yeah. Set the date. Let's. <laughs> I can curate that. We'll make that happen. Um, but there's also that allure of like, oh, man, my be- my favorite beer ever is this one sip I had this one time at this guy pulled a barrel out of his pocket and poured it and like, really? Like, <laughs> Well, that's actually my my biggest pet peeve about bottle shares is the fact that you may try something that is world class and may be your favorite beer of all time, and you're gonna get maybe an ounce or two of it. Yeah. <laughs> or then it actually ruins the style for you because you can't enjoy any other that style compared. No, I'm, that's pretty rare. But um, no, that's that's a thing. But I, I think it's great that you know, especially when you taste a lot of beer. Like I was able to get into beer really quickly because. I tried a lot of different beers in a short, a relatively short period of time. I think I've really been actively purchasing and drinking beers since like 2013. And even then it was like not as consistent. And But then 2014 through now, it's almost, you know, basically every day or almost every day you can try something new. So if you compare a whole bunch of IPAs, for example, you start to notice the nuances and the differences and the subtleties and all those things, right? It's You can't replace um, experience. It's like running a marathon, right? You can't simulate lifetime miles in order to run you know the way you run it's like you just have to put in the work <laughs> you don't get to 27 you know you don't get to develop a pal unless you put in the work and it's great work to be done right yes <laughs> so we'll talk about oh we're on that topic and then we'll bounce back around i got this um <laughs> weird beers 
This is a Weird. subject we had talked about recently. Um, was it Rogue did a, a yeast beard yeast? Uh, yeah, they cultivated a yeast from uh, the brewer's beard uh, and made a beer with it. And then you recently brought up, I don't know, I think it's not coming to the Alberta market, but you were uh, entertained the, by something made of a, a deep fried uh, uh, yeah, so, poultry. Uh, <laughs> Evil Twin, which is a brewery we represent, uh, made a beer that we will likely never ever see here. But uh, it's worth discussing all the same because it's just just beyond bizarre. P- pushing the limits. So uh, Yepe was eating uh, diner fried chicken in a diner in South Carolina. And had an ins- had this insipid inspiration to brew a, an IPA with it, uh, and so he did. So he made a double IPA uh, at a a brewery in Carolina, um, and it's uh, literally infused with fried chicken. Fried chicken. <laughs> I'm just. <sighs> well, I mean, the, like the, that's not even uh, beyond bizarre, too. I mean, there's the brewery in Iceland. I can't remember the name of, uh, but they made a beer with uh, sheep manure, sheep shit. Wow. Um, <laughs> and I believe there there was another European brewer, and I don't know if we really want to dive into this on this in this forum, but I guess I, I guess all of I, our subscribers I, I guess I've are crossed now the threshold. No. <laughs> uh, so there there is a beer out there that's uh, actually made with vaginal yeast. Uh, <laughs> that's that's um, something. <laughs> And uh, apparently, uh, it, it actually is reviewed pretty well too. So, um, and so again, many, the, again, so the, many comments. I'm just gonna the process. The, again, the process of brewing is is very very clean and hygienic. So mm. beard yeast and essentially pubic hair yeast, yeah, um, is is not any more harmful than anything else that might be going yeah, into your beer. It's no different than so. the guys at Toolshed who brought <laughs> wild yeast from. They've harnessed and created. I think it was three yeast strains now after a year of working on this from driving around in farmer's fields and collecting whatever's under fruit trees or in the back of the wood truck or whatever it may be. Right. So that actually brings back to my, you know, I was mentioning this Jason Foster article about what makes a beer market when a beer market matures. And the fourth of them is being willing to show a wide range of styles and push boundaries. And yes, we can go extreme with certain things, but you know, you might find something as a result of experimentation that inspires someone else to do something cool or inspire someone else to try to emulate those things. One, I think that's that's the the next wave where where I know I'm anxious to see in Alberta. Mm-hmm. Um, and the cliche that gets bandied about here when we're on this side of the discussion is uh, rising tide floats all boats. Mm-hmm. Uh, and not not to to return to that cliche as as a bit of a crutch, but um, that is uh, what Jason Foster's article was all about. Um, in that, uh, as you've got more local breweries opening, more exposure to microbrewing uh, in general, yep. um, you're gonna have those people that have take now taken step one and they're drinking local beer or yep. they're drinking craft beer that they've been exposed to in the market. And now they're like, oh, well, well, what's what's beyond that? Like, what what's the next step? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's and that's where that kind of 
hidden market lies for the next five years or so in the Alberta market is for local breweries to push the envelope and get there themselves yep. or for uh, us on the import side to bring in beers that, that are, that hit that niche of tantalizing and exciting and, and uh, that aren't necessarily available here yet. Yeah, so. absolutely. And that's where like one of the things I absolutely love about being in local beer, but also just, just, good beer in general, craft beer in general, is there is there's brand loyalty, but there also isn't. <laughs> right? Like you might have an IPA that's amazing and then you go, oh, these guys came out. Well, I want to try that. I want to try this. Or, this is the new release. And and I think it's a good position, like you said, if for the next level is, you know, it's great branding and it's great based on your reputation that if every brewery, not like not everyone will be there. It's just a fact. Some will close because – you know, the people, the marketplace dictates that, right? Um, but I think the best breweries are the ones where whatever they put out, you're like, I need that. <laughs> I at least have to buy one or a six-pack or whatever um, because they've had a reputation of putting out really great beer or interesting beer or just high quality, whatever it might be, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I, I fully agree with the fact that brand loyalty – um, except from, except for the big boy side of the market, um, it's, it's, it's absolute mythology in the craft beer market, especially as, as it sits now, uh, you may see, you may see customers that are loyal to a specific beer for a length of time, mm-hmm. but, um, as a, as a brewery, um, 69 breweries in Alberta now, um, I mean, if you count all total production facilities producing beer, maybe that seems a little high. Um, by the but end of the year, some, somewhere in let's say, yeah. okay, so well, like like for for like local breweries, the ones that are in the guidebook, I think we're at fifty five somewhere around. Yeah, so fifty five to sixty five breweries in Alberta. Yeah, uh, there's cer- certainly more than that in BC. Uh, you've got twenty to thirty in Saskatchewan and Manitoba each. Um, a little lower a little lower yeah. um, and then I saw a beer Canada rele- release that they're somewhere over the 700 mark for the country yes so yep. um, and quickly approaching that, 800 is, is that's understanding wild yeah. so there's all these new beers there's all the, there's all of this noise in the marketplace yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and so it's it's about finding styles that you like. It's about finding flavors that you like, and it's about digging deeper. Oh, there's a hop cone that I that produces a flavor that I really like. I'm going to explore beers that use that. Or, yeah. Um, and so that's where I think the the market needs to go for as many breweries and importers to survive. Yeah. Yeah. No. And 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 that's great. And again, it's just the more the more that's out there, the more education happens, the more tasting it happens. It elevates and it develops palate and one by one you know one percentage at a time we're gonna take back this market share from you know giant mostly shitty beer (laughs) (laughs) and bring it back in the hands of independence and and locally made whether and when i say local beer again it's not just alberta it's local made in you know well and putting these dollars back in in communities and in businesses that you care about yeah so that that's what draws a lot of people into local breweries Uh, and i know that most of the import agencies that are actually dealing with craft beer are looking to deal with organizations that have that kind of philosophy as well absolutely yeah it's on a similar 
you know, wavelength, I think. We, right? may, we may be importing beer from 11 different countries, but we're an, a Calgary-based company of seven people that live in Alberta. Yeah. So, uh, so we're talking about some of the faces of uh, craft beer imports. Do you want to touch on Don Tess? Because he's... Uh, he is the, the invisible face, I guess, behind craft beer. He, he really doesn't like to, to have his name thrown about uh, because he is a professional beer writer and a whiskey writer. Uh, he's been published in uh, beer and whiskey uh, publications throughout North America. Yep. Um, and so he doesn't necessarily want that that face attached to the company. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for reasons that are that are perfectly valid, yeah, I, oh, especially when you're re- reviewing product, you want to have that 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 sense of impartiality, which yep. Don is, uh, will, will tell you straight up if a beer is, is what it should be or what yep. it isn't. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he's, uh, reviewed, uh, on thousands. his own, on his own, uh, website. He's yeah. Well over 10,000. I think he actually hit 15,000, not too, yeah. too long ago. So, all so. Of everyone else drinking beer, step your game up. God damn it. <laughs> yeah. No, but it's something to look like that's, I, uh, that's really cool. Like well, that's, one ten thousand, like I've made it to, well, let's say twenty six hundred, give or take, plus or minus a thousand. So I'm at plus or minus thirty five hundred. Yeah, ten thousand seems outrageous to me, and the the amount of liquid I've drank in the last six <laughs> years, it's my liver is like, no, you don't, you're not allowed to There's go to ten thousand. There's a solution 10, for that. Eat radishes; <laughs> they're great for processing liquor and 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 working on your liver. So <laughs> eat more radishes. <laughs> So it, yeah, I'm just saying, like it's it's cool to see what's possible when when there's when you explore all these different beers that are that are available. So the last question I usually wrap things up with is, what would you like to see happen in Alberta beer? And we already covered that, so thank you for that. That was great. <laughs> so instead, we're gonna end on a high note of an announcement that you are uh, very uh, wiggling your tail about. Sure, yeah, I'll get my plug in here. Um, so. We at Kraft have been working on a project for the last little while of, um, of trying to work with Alberta breweries here in, in our own market and trying to work on things that are mutually beneficial. Um, so we put together, the this is the first round of the Alberta Craft Beer Mixer Pack. Yeah. Um, Jamaican so. horns. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I'm glad you covered this. It says 2017 on it, which implies that there's going to be vintages or different seasons. or. Uh, yeah, so the plan is, is to eventually... Um, to build on the success of the first one and to to try and do this on a regular basis. I don't know if we've decided on seasonally, uh, but the box has uh, 12 beers from 11 different Alberta breweries. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'll get, I can give them all a plug right here. I'll do it real quick. So there's <gasps> Toolshed Brewing, Village Brewery, Goat Locker Brewing Company, Common Crown Brewing Company, Big Rock Brewery, GP Brewing Co., Half Hitch Brewing Company, The Troubled Monk Brewery, Hell's Basement Brewing, Ribstone Creek Brewery, and Alley Cat Brewing yeah, Company. Yeah, so all across the province, which is really cool. So this is a, sorry, it's a it's a twelve pack because there's eleven. Yeah, it's a mixed twelve pack, uh, and it's actually got uh, a few tall cans as well as uh, a lone a rogue bottle. Uh, <laughs> it's always one that one that isn't willing um, to conform, right? <laughs> and I think I our vision for the packet initially was to do twelve tall cans, uh, but tall cans are 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 Still. slowly becoming the the format of choice in Alberta, and yep. it's just 
waiting for that scale of production to catch up. And I Absolutely. think that's the ideal for the project going forward would yeah. to be 12, 473 mil cans. Yep. So, yeah, that's great. Cause I like, you know, there's certain beers. Like when you want to try all the beers, like you said, with buying your flat of mixed singles, I like buying singles. You can try a bunch of stuff or getting together, drinking bomber, sharing it, whatever. Um, so to get something like this where you can just buy one of them and you get to try a bunch of different beer, that's really, really cool. So it was in the, it was a long time coming, which is great. Yeah. Um, some people asked me to put it together and I'm like, I don't have experience, you know, when on any of that front, other than I probably know a couple people in at breweries, that's about it. Um, so I'm glad that you guys did it because people love the craft beer advent calendar. Um, I think this is going to go over well. And one, I, I think our biggest goal with this is eventually if we can get it dialed in and, and get this project to a point where it becomes much easier for us to build it. Yeah. Um, it's something we'd like to take to other provinces. Yeah. Um, Alberta breweries are their own best friend here in Alberta and have done a great job marketing themselves. Yep. Um, so the need for something like this project here in Alberta, Mm -hmm. um, would have to push the envelope and bring, um, some Alberta beers that are maybe not available any other way in the future. Absolutely. Um, but, um, the big thing is that this could easily go into British Columbia or other provinces and be like, this is what Alberta beer is all about. Yeah. Um, and give give these smaller breweries here in Alberta the chance to showcase themselves in a market where they may not be already. Absolutely. Or and some of these breweries, you know, a, a lot of the brewers have you know larger production. Some of them are you know fairly new as well. Well, most of them are in the grand scheme of things, yeah. right? <laughs> um, and that, and that's cool that you know we should have that because we have so much beer from BC, which I love. Um, I was at a BC brewery yesterday, right? Like, (laughs) um, and I enjoy those things, but you know, it's great if, if more people can get Alberta beer in more places. So it just, I think it's the next, one of the next steps of really, you know, seeing what can happen with Alberta beer is that you're getting it in places that's not Alberta. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Anything else you'd like to add? Where should we find you on your on the on the interwebs? Oh God! <laughs> how many uh, how many social media? No. <laughs> uh, let, that's another podcast. It's just me introducing just all of my social media platforms yeah. in alphabetical order. Yeah. Um, so the easiest way to find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram is uh, the handle Beer Guy Chris. Yeah. Um, and if you want to find Craft Beer Importers, we are all, on all three as the tag craft beer imports with an s with an s beautiful well thanks for coming on the show we appreciate it hopefully people learned a nugget or two and uh thanks for tuning in you can find the beer guide on twitter and instagram at ab beer guide cheers this has been a production of screaming Datsun studios 